alright. Nobody worry about me. me. Why you got to give me a fight? Can't you just let me? Da, 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 da. I'm doing the thing. I'm doing the gopher thing in my chair. Welcome to Pop Culture Confessions, a podcast where we fix our greatest movie mistakes. I'm Amanda, and I'm joined by Hannah. Hello. And Ryan. Hello. So basically what we do here is we watch movies that at least one of us has never seen before that we really should have already seen. And we make terrible predictions about them. And we try not to shame each other for those. (laughs) Sometimes we fail. Sometimes we love these things. Sometimes we hate them. Sometimes they hold up. Sometimes they don't. I had a no shame zone fail. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So I recently found out that my sister made a pop culture confession to me. Ooh, in the wild. Ooh, so she trusted you and you you stabbed her. <laughs> she did. She trusted me and I was like, what the hell? Gave her the old Brutus hug? Um, It was Blade Runner. And my little sister is also a huge Harrison Ford fan. So that made it even weirder. So she finally, huh. finally, finally sat down and watched it and was like, oh, it was okay. <laughs> It's really hard with Blade Runner, though. You're like, which version are you going to watch? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> there's like 600 directors, special edition cuts. Well, I had loaned her my, I don't know, the final cut or whatever DVD that I have that also includes all the other cuts, I think. It's always fun when you're on the receiving end of those rather than the confessing end. <laughs> yes. <sighs> confessing every three weeks (laughs) so let's get into our our topic for the week shall we sure sure last week we had our very special guest jakey finstratton jakey if you're listening thanks again thanks man thanks jakey (laughs) he confessed that he had never seen the phantom menace you should really go listen to it if you haven't it was a lot of fun (laughs) i think you can probably predict what opinion we had of it and i made a confession of my own all right um guys i i've been thinking about something. I feel like I need to unburden myself a little bit. There's this movie that I keep hearing people talk about and I keep hearing people reference. uh, And there's a song that keeps ringing in my ears that I... Uh Uh-huh. I have to hear this. I don't know why it's important or what it's referencing. You've intrigued me. Have to confess that I have never seen Caddyshack. (laughs) Wow. I... (laughs) Also have not seen this movie. Oh, you sweet little babies. (laughs) Hey! (laughs) So, oh boy. Caddyshack is uh, an icon of, like, Bill Murray comedy. Yeah. One of the few things I know about it is that it's Bill Murray. My first immediate thought that I have is I don't know how well it's aged. So I'm kind of curious to see that. (laughs) Probably not. Most 80s comedies tend to have a lot of problematic things in them. Yes. It's from the 70s, right? Or is it 80s? Let's see. Oh, it's 1980. Split the uprights. It's really funny, but I also haven't seen it in hmm, 20 years, maybe 15 years. It's been a long time. So I definitely was not watching it with a, a critical eye when I first saw it or with any thought to problems in the movie. So... This will be interesting. (laughs) Are there things in particular you're remembering about it that might be like landmines? Yes, but I also am kind of mixing in a lot of things from other 80s comedies. 
Like, I don't know what it was in the 80s that mm -hmm. essentially sexual assault was like a joke. Yeah. Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Revenge of the Nerds. Breakfast Club. I mean, there are... 16 Candles. So those make it really hard to kind of watch those movies. It's like when you go and watch comedies from like maybe like the 40s and you're like, oh, all the racism. Like, how do you separate those things? Should you separate those things? So, and I also don't want to poison you, like your mind okay. against Caddyshack necessarily. Because it's not, I, when I'm thinking back on it, I don't think of it as being particularly problematic for a movie from the 80s. But it is a movie from 1980. So it's also interesting that you picked it right after Big Lebowski because they got a lot in common. <laughs> it's another dude. Yes culture movie. Yeah. Golf and a gopher. Yeah, my only impressions of it are a gopher and golf and Bill Murray and the song. That's about it. And he eats a candy bar that everybody thinks is a poop. Is this the right movie that I'm thinking of? That is the right movie. Yes. Oh, I don't even know about that. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> Hannah, spoilers. <laughs> Not sorry. So we're going to do another, another twofer? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's another twofer. All right. I think maybe this movie is about climate change because they're so concerned with this gopher <laughs> that maybe it's like an endangered gopher and they're trying to <laughs> save it. And the liberals won't let him kill it unless it comes right at him. Now that's South Park. <laughs> Bill Murray is a PhD <laughs> environmentalist and he is attempting to rescue this endangered species gopher. So this is like Caddyshack, the uncomfortable truth? Is that? Well, inconvenient <laughs> truth. Yeah. In in inconvenient <laughs> truth. Caddyshack, the inconvenient truth. <laughs> the uncomfortable truth was the porn spinoff, the porn parody. <laughs> oh, the porn parody of an inconvenient truth. Oh my God. <laughs> Lots of really hot PowerPoints <sighs> going on there. Whoa, so steamy. <laughs> it's really getting hot in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the poster in an attempt to learn more about it, and it is telling me nothing. No new information. It's telling you that Bill Murray is in this movie? Yep. It's Rodney Dangerfield with a terrifying expression on his face that's meant to, I think, scare small children. And then I think that's Chevy Chase. Have you had any exposure to the comedy of Rodney Dangerfield before? Or is this going to be... No, no, no respect. respect. That's it. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of that, yeah. Was that a Rodney Dangerfield joke originally? <laughs> He's like a human trope, I think. He's become more trope than man. <laughs> We've rebuilt him. <laughs> Tropier than ever. He's a homunculus of tropes. <laughs> Which I think we've said before. <laughs> I actually am excited to get to see this with you guys because I think it's going to be, it's a movie so of its time, <laughs> so beloved by dudes. It'll be really interesting to get the thoughts of women on this movie almost 40 years after it was uh, released. Oh, God. <laughs> like the least sympathetic audience to this movie is progressive women in 2018. Yeah. Versus this man comedy from the 80s. <laughs> oh, it's like your kryptonite. We'll see. Yeah. I'm girding my loins. <laughs> but maybe, you know, the power of comedy will win through. Transcend. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Aye, okay. I have such high hopes. I'm really struggling to think of a comedy from the early 80s that isn't, like, super, super problematic. That isn't horrifying in retrospect. Yeah. It's really hard. I'm sure there are some, but uh, I'm sure we're going to uncover this and a lot more as time goes on that 
are potentially horrifying. <laughs> so you know what? I feel like this movie can't be any worse than the Happy Time Murders, which I watched this weekend. Oh, you did? <laughs> but isn't the offensiveness of the Happy Time Murders part of the point of it? Yeah, it is. It's just not good. You know, it was an hour and a half that I wish I had back when I left that movie. I was just like, Ugh. oh, that's good to know. Puppets. It makes me sad. I really, I want to see yeah. it. I actually thought about seeing it because I showed up early for Big Lebowski. I could have like watched it then had about 10 minutes to spare and seen the Big Lebowski, but I didn't want to get two movies in my head mixed up. Anytime a Melissa McCarthy movie is bad, I feel like extra disappointed because she's supposed to be the chosen one. (laughs) We're still affected, I think, by the Lebowski like wave of lethargy. It's just like, uh, it's also later than we normally record. So everything's like... We're really going method with our Lebowski appreciation. Uh Uh-huh. Like, whatever, man. So you're going to time travel us to watch an 80s movie. Oh, Okay. You can do it. (laughs) The beep at the end. Love it. That got more elaborate than I thought it was going to be as it went on. (laughs) Still a classic. All right. So we're here in the future in the no shame zone. Future, the no shame zone. Nope. Nope. Not the future. We're in the present. We are in the present. I mean, it's the future from the perspective of past us. Well, isn't it always the future from the perspective of past us, though? I mean, you're older than you've ever been, and now you're even older. Oh, shit. Yeah, but everything we experience is the past because light takes time to travel. So. Oh, my God. Oh. Shit. <laughs> That's a photo of me from when I was younger. <laughs> Here we are in whatever time we are in. Oh, man, I'm thinking about that too hard. God. Every time we talk about different timelines, it always gets political. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we in a better timeline? <laughs> nope, still no. So the summary of Caddyshack from IMDb is an exclusive golf course has to deal with a brash new member. He's very brash. And a destructive dancing gopher. So both of you had never seen Caddyshack before, right? Yep. Yes. So the last time I saw Caddyshack was probably either late junior high or early high school. So it's been many, many years for me. Many, many. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks. (laughs) Let me get my ear trumpet so I can hear you better. So what did you guys think of this movie? Uh, Yeah, you're having a similar experience to me. Okay. Yeah, it's just... (laughs) Synchronized groaning. (laughs) All right, Amanda, this was actually your confession. So what was your overall impression of the movie? It just, the whole time I was like, why does this movie exist? What is the point? This is about golf. Like, I just kept saying, this is about golf. It's about the elegant game of golf. Golf. The whole time I was watching, I was like, man, Happy Gilmore is such a better golf movie. (laughs) Which I've also never seen. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What about you, Hannah? Other than uh, synchronized groaning Uh, and pain and watching this movie, what was your overall impression? There were parts of it that I found funny and some of the characters I found kind of compelling, but it wasn't the main character or the main plot arc. I think for me, Chevy Chase was the funniest part of the movie. I agree. Okay. Which was funny because in my mind, the funniest part from when I watched it was Bill Murray. Yeah. When I watched it again, Chevy Chase was heads and shoulders above everybody else. 
else. Yeah. Bill Murray had a couple of moments, but yeah, he he wasn't standing out as he was just sort of doing a weird thing with his face the whole time. I actually was finding myself enjoying the performance of the judge of Judge yes. Smales a lot because he was so over the top and so like prominent neck veiny the entire time. Yeah. And just so frustrated. Have you seen the Mary Tyler Moore show? No. Like, have you seen that actor in things before? Nope. Who is he? So the judge in this movie was in the Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh-huh. He played like a kind of famous blowhard like anchor man in that Okay. Series. So he's kind of a famous actor from the 70s and 80s. He was in a lot of things. He's pretty famous. Okay. Played very much the same character in everything. Okay. The stuffed shirt. So I actually did not like his performance very much. I felt like it was very over the top and not an enjoyable way. See, I liked it because of that. I mean, I guess he could have been like a more realistic villain and then that wouldn't have been funny. No one in this movie was a very realistic person, though. Yeah. Yeah, nothing about this movie was realistic. At all. Anything. I mean, Chevy Chase had the most semi-realistic performance, and even he was a caricature. Uh, He was completely bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, he has this very weird energy. He's given off that Chevy energy. Yeah. The movie is also really, like, plot-wise, very incomprehensible. Oh, yes. Like, it seems like it's just a bunch of, like, unconnected scenes. Yes. Like, what are the stakes here? What are we supposed to be... Like, he wants to get a scholarship, but he doesn't care. And also, I don't like this person at all, so why do I care if he gets to go to law school? I mean, this is Harold Ramis' first movie as a director, and I think you can see that he doesn't have the control, really, that Mm -hmm. you need as a director. Yeah. Like, he gets there eventually, you know, but in this one, he definitely does not have that. Yeah. The original, the first cut of this movie was four and a half hours long. (laughs) God. What the fuck? Torture. Absolute torture. They said it was like way too long and it wasn't funny. Yeah. So then they cut it down. So you cut out almost the entire plot. And what they had were what were supposed to be like five minute cameos from Chevy Chase. And Bill Murray, who are the biggest stars. No, Bill Murray was not in the original cut of the movie. Really? Really. And Rodney Dangerfield, right? So they're like, these are the funniest parts of the movie. Yeah. So we're going to expand their roles out and we're going to cut pretty much all the plot about the caddies and the scholarship. Like just the bare bones Mm -hmm. are going to be there. Yeah. And then we need someone to take you from like scene to scene. So we're going to make this like Bill Murray character and this golfer to kind of tie everything together. Because most of that was shot much later. Wasn't Bill Murray the brother of the writer? But he was already on SNL at this point, I think. Yeah. So the original cut of the movie was much, much longer and had much more plot in it. It has only the most fleeting interest in its own plot, it seems. Yes. Yes. But the other thing is that apparently, according to online, it was during filming one big cocaine bender, essentially. That someone just happened to be filming, (laughs) almost. Yes, it's like a Bacchanal festival. Oh, God. (laughs) It absolutely was. Like, they had, like, legendary parties, like, every night. And that most of it was improvised, like, all of Bill Murray's stuff is improvised, which some of it's funny, but there's a distinct lack of structure and boundaries to this movie. Yes. Yes. So I think this is a good example where we talked about, like, Big Lebowski not having a plot, but that didn't really make it a bad movie. And in this case, I think the lack of plot severely hurts the movie. 
severely hurts it. Right. Because it's it's making a bet that you're going to like the humor and the characters so much that you just don't care. Just don't care about anything. Right. Which, if that's successful, that can work. But for me, it was not successful. The comedic tone of the movie is all over the place, right? Oh, yeah. Like, Chevy Chase is very quiet and just says weird shit and is like almost mm-hmm. like a stoner yeah. in the movie. And then Bill Murray is just full of like crazy antics. And then Rodney Dangerfield is just himself. Chaos and like vaudevillian insults. Yes. Like that role was originally written for Don Rickles. Uh, yeah. so you can kind of tell, you know? I barely know the difference between the two. He did drop a don't get no respect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I think it's in his contract. Yeah, like a lot of the things he had was just like his like nightclub routine that he was doing. I was trying really hard to be charmed by him. Like I was trying to open my heart to Rodney Dangerfield. He was a total bore. And it was so lowest common denominator and like hacky. I thought. And maybe that's just because he is the originator of the trope of his style of comedy that I've seen. No, he's the he's the inheritor. There's a long tradition yeah. of like basically insult comics that I mean still continues to this day, right? Right. Like it's just the laziest comedy. The way that he's doing it here is, is lazy. And I don't know if that's him or if that's the writing or what. It's his first acting role. So, you know, and he doesn't have a particularly strong director helping him out. Like he makes a movie later in the 80s and I cannot remember the, uh, the name of it for the life of me where he goes back to college that movie's actually really funny oh yeah that one i wish i could remember the name of it it might be called back to school i think is actually the name of it and he's much better in that one yeah okay i just wanted this whole movie to be funnier like it yeah you know like ah ha ha when the guy gets hit in the junk with a golf ball so funny or like when the man makes a fart noise funny yes so many farts like there's no setup for the jokes When I was looking back at this movie, I remember this movie being really funny when I first watched it. And when I watched it again, I smiled a few times, but I never laughed. It was like before we all got comedy savvy, maybe? I don't know. Well, I don't mind teenage, gross, like, sex humor. Right. Yeah. I don't mind those at all. This just isn't very good. I can forgive a dumb movie if it's funny. Absolutely. For sure. If you're a comedy and you make me laugh, you've done your job. Yeah. And I know it's not just the time period because there's other stuff that I've seen or like I've listened to a bunch of old, like I grew up on like Steve Martin's comedy albums, his stand up. And I know that it wasn't like people just weren't funny back then. I just, I think that this is a case of improv kind of like gone too far, you know? (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, we talk about a lot about scenes that are improv and that that can really add to a movie because you can't write a lot of stuff, but you also have to kind of control it or have people who are very good at improv. Extremely talented improvisers. It's like they got, have you ever been to an improv show where everybody is just trying too hard? (laughs) Yeah, it's like that. It's like a really bad Upright Citizens Brigade show where they're like trying so hard to like make it out of the pyramid scheme cult cycle and make it into the big time and it's just like no (laughs) chevy chase and bill murray are gifted comedians who are very good like in this time period you know they were both on snl that scene where chevy chase's character visits his house like that's actually pretty funny and they wrote that in an afternoon to get probably hung over from their like coke and alcohol binge you know but they're capable of doing stuff they forced that scene in because those two actors had not had a scene together in the uh, whole movie and they yeah. were the big stars yep. the level of sophistication of the the jokes is so low yeah. that i felt like this movie if it weren't for all the sex i would say that it <laughs> would have been meant for very small children <laughs> 
but there was so much sex in this movie. The movie has two speeds, whimsy and porn. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot of 80s movies, though. If you can throw in somebody getting hit in the balls, a fart joke, and some boobs... You're halfway there, man. It's like the Owl My Balls channel from Idiocracy come to life. There are other 80s comedies that you can watch that are cringe-worthy, inducing with all the problems they have in retrospect, but they're still at least somewhat funny. And I think this one just kind of fails on that because there are really problematic and bad parts on that. Oh, yeah. There's a whole other thing. Before we get to that, I did want to say I did like the scene, the pool scene. Yeah. I mean, it went on, I think, a little bit too long. Yeah, that was that was good. That was good, yeah. But they were doing some camera work with their Jaws kind of parody that was actually pretty decent. Got the Jaws parody. The synchronized swimming moment was kind of a refreshing, <laughs> just absurdist note. Oh, and there was a Shining reference, yes. too. What was the Shining reference? It was when the judge... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he has the golf club and he's trying to get into the bathroom that he's locked into. All right, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. There was also a Star Wars reference. Those are all movies that are very contemporary for this time, you know? Yeah, it's cutting edge. Have, like, Chevy Chase talking about the Force, you know, and putting the blindfold on to make the shot. Like, those feel like scenes from now they would be in, like, a a Wayne's Brother movie, you know? Uh Uh-huh, yes. Hmm. Like, that level of callback and, like, reference. Scary movie, but not as funny as that, even. (laughs) Did you guys find any of the dialogue hard to understand? Yes. Yeah, I had to turn on subtitles. And then, why was the love interest, the brunette love interest, you know, the good girl, why was she Irish? Yeah, well, I think she was supposed to be the groundskeeper's kid, maybe, the main groundskeeper who is Scottish. No, she's supposed to be an exchange student, which they cut out, like, her entire backstory and arc and everything. Okay. (laughs) He was such a fucking asshole to her. That was one thing that really pissed me off is like, I know, that was so bad. Yeah. They have this obvious like relationship that they like each other. And then like the hot girl walks in and he does like almost like the like stereotypical like sunglass slide down, like stare at her with your tongue out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boom, boom. Yeah, exactly. While she's like sitting right there, like literally making the coffee noise like i'm right here (laughs) it's that meme yeah literally he had just had sex with her and then they show up at the pool for their 15 minutes of caddy pool time and then (laughs) (laughs) that was pretty funny that was funny the caddies welcome one to 115 that was the part where i almost (laughs) laughed (laughs) oh and then the baby ruth bar scene yeah i think maybe that was one of the few things that i recognized as a trope that could have originated with this yep i knew that was coming and it was way way grosser than i thought it was gonna be oh yeah it was an extremely realistic looking (sighs) hide my face Yeah. I think before they did all the cuts to that movie, like what the plot of the movie is supposed to be is you have the caddy main character who then has all these different potential like role models that he has to choose from, like what path of life he's going to follow. Yeah. You know, which Mm -hmm. is kind of in that movie, but not really. He has Chevy Chase and he has Judge Smales and he has, is Rodney Jr. Phil's character Cervic? He's the construction guy. Yeah. It sounds a lot like Cervix. Well, the names are so bad, too. It's like Dr. Pager. That was funny. I laughed at Dr. Pager. There is apparently a, according to Wikipedia, there's a character named Smoke Porterhouse. (laughs) Bitch, I don't know who that was. Smoke Porterhouse. 
But that's a person, apparently. He is a steakhouse who wished on a magic uh, lamp to be a human. (laughs) One thing that really distracted me from any moments of humor that this had was, first of all, just how unlikable all the characters are. And it's just so sexist and racist. And it's weird because there's a moment in the movie, one of the characters has like a locker room joke that they make about like the colored people or whatever. And you have like the African-American characters like shining the shoes. And you get this moment where he's like, man, fuck you basically right (laughs) i missed that yeah and i'm like oh this movie is going to be self-aware of how awful these waspy characters are and they're like no we're just totally dropping that and we're just going to run full speed with the racism in that direction yeah i mean they even had the guy working in the locker room Mm -hmm. was he a masseuse a monsieur i don't know i don't know locker room attendant of some kind and then i think the only other black person in this movie was the guy who gets his boat run over oh yeah and they totally did the whole like i'm a black person and my eyes got really big and i'm scared ah gross trope and then you had the asian guy who doesn't have a single line in the movie who just looks like a mickey rooney clone whose whole joke seems to be his name is a dick joke yeah i assume that was a reference or attempting to be i don't know if they were going for that or just i mean you see it in some like uh is it breakfast club or six no it's 16 candles or pretty in pink with that has long duck dong same basic joke that they're doing here you know yeah. And the joke is, haha, Asian people are weird. Yes. That is the joke. Like, a lot of their jokes are just, some of them are just very mean-spirited, but they also just lack any kind of setup or resolution. Like, they don't have, like, the rising build of the joke. Right. The joke, and then, like, the come down from the joke. Yeah, they just sort of say words. And throw it at you. And titties. Like, at one point, Bill Murray says he smells varmint poontang. Yeah, I'm like, yeah! Does that mean he smells the gopher's vagina? I think he smelled the gopher's vagina. Uh, yeah, I'm guessing. The gopher parts, I think, were pretty funny, though, in all honesty. I thought the puppet work was really good. Yes, the gopher puppet was actually great. It was pretty cute. That was John Dykstra. Like, the explosions at the end that they did were so big that people called them in (laughs) as plane crashes. Yes. That's amazing. Like they actually rigged up too many explosives in the scene about using too many explosives. That was kind of funny. Wow. That's cool. I was actually surprised by how little gopher-centric content there was. I kind of thought, yeah, that the whole movie is essentially mouse hunt, but with golf. Yeah. It was just this weird parallel thing. And then right at the end, it matters. Right. Right. That's the thread that they added to tie all these essentially like SNL sketches together. (laughs) I feel like Bill Murray's the real villain, (laughs) right? Isn't he? Because he gets real um, homicidal at the end. No, Judge smells pretty awful. The judge is just kind of, I don't know, garden variety awful. Bill Murray's talking about cutting people's hamstrings. He's sort of relishing in the explosions. He's that damaged Vietnam vet in the 80s movies. He's that, you remember that one creepy guy that everybody knew in high school who was just like constantly talking about like knives and shooting things (laughs) and setting things on fire. And you're pretty sure he never did all of that, but you're kind of scared of him and he just doesn't really have any friends. Wears a lot of black. Yeah. I mean, I think like many years later that his character would be named either Beavis or Butthead. I mean, it's a very similar... Uh, sort of an edgelord. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I think that this movie, it's clearly the villain is supposed to be the judge. Right, yes, I get that he's supposed to be the villain, but I'm saying that the real villain... Is Bill Murray. Is Bill Murray's character. Mm. Because of his thirst for violence. 
I, I disagree. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> 80s movies, there's such a strong setup of the elite versus, like, the common man. Like, almost any 80s yeah. comedy you're going to put in is going to have that theme in it. Like, that's so strong in the 80s that this movie fits right in yeah. that archetype. And the judge is a fucking dick who does bad things. Like, he's a villain. He's real bad. So he cheats at golf, and what? Uh, he tries to control his niece his behavior in really controlling ways. He intimidates people. He like sort of tries to hush it up after the fact. Yeah. He's a terrible snob. Yes. He's a snob, but he's not a murderer. No. No. I don't know. I feel like he's more of a cartoon of a villain. Yeah. And Bill Murray's character is a genuinely disturbing person. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, what do you think people do when they get gophers, Amanda? (laughs) They send them to a wildlife rehab. This is 1980. There's no catch and release. (laughs) Oh, that doesn't happen now anyway. No, I know. I know, guys. (laughs) I'm trying to present a unique take on this movie for our movie podcast. Play with me in the space. Well, okay. So Bill Murray is the petite bourgeois. And of course, the judge is the bourgeois. And the true hero of this film is the gopher. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. The gopher is the proletariat. He is the most oppressed. Gopher is the common man. This movie is about socialism. He's the one who dances in the flames (laughs) of the ruined country club. Yes. Mm -hmm. I can buy that. I'm on board with that. Even our so-called hero is no hero. He just has such a lack of I just don't care he has such an unlikable face (laughs) well I just feel like it's you see him do really (laughs) shitty things constantly yes throughout the movie yeah and he just is sort of like whatever like he's just kind of I'm a youth I don't know I don't like his attitude he does a lot of like really terrible things that don't tie into the arc of like you're supposed to be choosing what kind of man you're supposed to be because he's just awful to all the women he meets like really bad right he's just another mediocre white dude. Yeah. Like, he feels like he's entitled to certain things in life. Pussy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Things meaning women. Oh, man. The sexism in this movie is (sighs) just... Wow. It's really off the chart. (laughs) Wow. That really surprised me. I forgot what movies used to be like. Like I said, when I watched this, when I was in probably either somewhere between 8th and 10th grade, like right around that age, I didn't think there was anything wrong with the movie. I just thought it was funny and it was kind of old and dated, but it was still really funny to me. And then I watched it again and I was like, why did I ever think this was that funny? Like, it's just whatever levels of comedy it can rise to, it just crashes immediately into a problem scene or it doesn't continue that thread because it doesn't know what the movie is. Yeah. Right. And I wonder what it would have been like to watch it as a young woman and Mm -hmm. see these like examples of what women are supposed to be like you're either a goal or an obstacle or you're an old shriveled hag who is just a punchline i mean i hate to go after the director very much because this is his first movie and you do see him make much better movies after this but i really feel like a Mm -hmm. lot of that fault because there's a surprising amount of talent in this movie right you've got huge stars in the 80s who are going to go on to 
do, and you did great things before this, and then you get all of them in your hand and you just make this mess. Mm -hmm. But apparently it made a lot of money, so, you know, I guess we don't know what we're talking about. It's very, very <laughs> popular. I mean, Transformers movies have made a lot of money, yeah, so. Yeah, but people love this movie as a comedy. Like, it's considered one of the great comedies of all time. Like, even when, not just among, like, dudes yeah. in their, like, man cave talking about movies, but when you look at, like, greatest movie lines of all time, greatest, you know, whatever, this movie is on there. See, I feel like yeah. that's true for a generation that's a little bit older than us, because I don't hear this talked about. No. I do. In my world, ever. You will hear dudes do their Bill Murray impression from Caddyshack all the goddamn time. Except for that one meme of, I've got that going for me, which is nice. That's the only thing. Yeah. I've been hearing that joke for 30 fucking years. So yes, it's very popular. That's the only thing that I feel like has survived to the millennials. The scene where he's like having like the sports fantasy with all the flowers and he's like, that was decent. Yeah. I thought the scene where he's out in the rain with the like preacher, that was halfway funny, you know? Yeah, actually, that was kind of funny. And then he comes back and he's like an atheist because <laughs> he got struck by lightning. <laughs> when he almost dies. Apparently he yells rat farts in that moment, which I did not understand until later when I looked it up. Yeah, the sound on this movie was not good. I don't know if it was just what I, the version I was watching or if it's just a problem with the movie that I couldn't understand a lot of the lines because it's supposed to be so quotable and I, I felt like I needed subtitles on and I didn't turn them on. Because Chevy Chase is quiet in this movie so that makes him a little hard to hear if you're mm -hmm. not doing good uh -huh. sound work and Bill Murray is purposely doing a character that's difficult to understand yeah. what he's saying. Did anybody else think that Rodney Dangerfield's character reminded them of Trump? Yeah. Yes, yep. very much. When I was watching, I was like, this is likable yeah. Trump, right? This is... I mean, maybe slightly less horrible Trump. On the spectrum, he's more likable than Trump. He had a certain, like, I'm against the establishment. I felt like Smales versus Cervic or whatever. It was like Jeff Sessions versus Trump, where you kind of hate them both, but for different reasons. And it's fun to watch them fight. I was actually trying to figure out if you were going to remake this movie, like who you would cast in that role. I think it would be Larry the Cable Guy. That's who I came up with. But hacky. It I really think you could remake this as a Larry the Cable Guy movie if they were still making those. I think it would work pretty well. No, I think you could just go with Dane Cook. Maybe, maybe. Okay, yeah, you could do Dane Cook. He would be a little bit more of a, like a bougie douchebag. Yeah, he would make a good for the mm -hmm. Chevy Chase role. I think it would be good in that. When I say good, I mean appropriate. I'm not... <laughs> Okay, so internet, if you're listening to this, who would you cast in these roles if you were going to make Caddyshack 3? Gender flip everything. Actually, that would be amazing. Ooh, Melissa McCarthy. Yes, Melissa McCarthy, absolutely, as... Cervix. As Dangerfield's <laughs> character, yes. Yep, that would be her name, though. I would do the whole bridesmaid cast. Kristen Wiig yes. as Chevy yeah. Chase's yeah. character. Yeah, very yeah. much. Because she does that kind of whispering, like, punchline kind of thing, so... A kind of sing-song weirdness, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there we go. Caddyshack Bam. 3. Mm -hmm. Billion dollars. Yep. <laughs> well, they're gender flipping everything else, so why not this? So, Amanda, are you are you glad you watched it? Uh, I mean, normally with these things, I at least feel like I have a better understanding of some part of our cultural mm -hmm. history. Like, I understand some references better. I, like, see where tropes originated. And, like, I just feel like a more well-rounded person. But in this case, I just mm -hmm. didn't get a lot of that. I didn't get a lot yeah. of, like, oh, that's where that came from moments. Yep. So no, I don't think I'm <laughs> glad I watched it. Normally, I'm at least a little bit glad, but this time, not really. Well, what about you, Hannah? You've never seen this either. Are you glad you watched it or two hours you're never going to get back? I feel like it's two hours that I'm never going to get it back. 
I'm going to side with you guys on this one. This is two hours I'm never going to get back. <laughs> We're going to alienate a lot of people. Yeah, this movie is super popular, but I did not enjoy it. We just did two bad movies in a row, you guys. <laughs> uh, that's not great. We're making a career of shitting on people's childhoods at this point. I still am hurting a little bit from the Goonies knife. About <laughs> the Goonies? <laughs> But hey, that's okay. It made me stronger. Didn't kill me. <laughs> made me wish I was dead on the inside, but I managed to live. <laughs> so if I live through it, listeners, if Caddyshack is your childhood movie, you can live through it too. You can do it. Let us know why Caddyshack is actually good. Our opinions are not the definitive ones. Your, your yeah. opinions are valid. Tell us how much we suck and how we just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Email us angrily. And we're just social justice warriors. Right? Late at night. All caps will help yeah. us hear you. I know you're going to be very excited, so I need a lot of exclamation points to really get it. We're snowflakes. <laughs> Just lay it on. <laughs> We're too sensitive. But in all honesty, I mean, this is supposed to be... One of the reasons we started doing this was to have a conversation mm -hmm. about movies. So if there is something that we're missing or not seeing or not appreciating, let's actually talk about it. So I, I really do encourage people to do that. No shame. Except for whoever wrote this movie. They should be ashamed. <laughs> Brian Doyle Murray wrote this movie. <laughs> Bill Murray's brother, right? Yep, he's in the movie. He's like the manager of the caddies. Oh. He's in charge of the caddy shack. Like, he was actually pretty good in this movie compared to everybody else. Okay, there we go. Okay, so, I think we're done. I'm so glad we're done talking about this movie. I fucking hated this movie watching it. It yeah. hurt me. I hated <laughs> oh, it so much. Because I remember it being real funny, and it was really yeah. not. Yeah, that always sucks. I had a book in my Amazon cart that I liked when I was in junior high, and I took it out of the cart because I'm like, I don't trust my judgment. <laughs> All your taste is called into question. Sort of. Because I was, you know, I was thinking about, like, Blazing Saddles. I'm like, that movie has a lot of, like... Oh, no. Very, like, problematic stuff in it, but it's very funny. And I, But the problematic I stuff, I don't think, really punches down. So, I mean... It's a big debate if it is yeah, or not. Yeah, true. Yeah, there's a difference between touching on touchy subjects and making the oppressed and marginalized people the butt of the joke. So that was Caddyshack. Sorry. <laughs> if you like what you heard or if you're furious at us, go give us a quick review on iTunes. Actually, no, if you're furious. We're not on iTunes. We don't Just exist email if you're us. mad. Yeah, email us and then forget about us. You can find us at popcultureconfessions.com and follow us on Twitter at at PCCCast. We will give you a shout out on air if you tweet at us or review us or, you know, whatever. You know, you can email us at popcultureconfessions yeah. at email.com. We'll read that shit. And uh, many thanks to Wax Logic for the use of their groove. I can see you thinking over there. What's what's on your mind? I just, there's this movie oh. that I haven't seen and it seems like all of my friends have seen it. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> Never happened to me. It's supposed to be very good. I don't even know anything about what it's about. <laughs> this is perfect. Oh, this sounds so intriguing. Yeah. It could be anything. Yes. It could be anything from like Susan Kane to like Smurfs too. I don't know what you're going to pull out. <laughs> it's good and cute. Yes, I think it's supposed to be cute. It's Tune in next episode to hear Hannah's pop culture confession. Can we fix it? Yes, we can. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs>